Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything from t-shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets. And of course, their legendary best hoodie ever. So you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days, like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the French Terry collection or the rich and polished premium slub crew tee. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use Staple 20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we are starting a bit of a, a little mini-series here. We're going to be interviewing some of the biggest and brightest minds in the AFL fantasy community, starting today with the legend of the community, Bales. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter, as always, uh, at Ball Boys Fantasy. Joined, uh, as normal, uh, with uh, Luke Rogerson, the second half of the Ball Boys. How are you, mate? Going good, mate. Very excited for today. Like you said, we're uh, debuting a little sort of mini-series where we're going to be interviewing some people, and I can't think of a better place to start. Then with Bales himself. Should we yes. get him on screen? Yeah, let's, let's bring the big dog let's in. Let's go. Bang. There is Bales. <laughs> Hopefully we can see him with this new Fandangle screen set up. Bales, can you hear us, my friend? Yes, boys. How are we? Hope we're going well. And uh, I, I'm glad to say that I'm also here with a... With a oh, oh today, yeah. mate. So there we go. So now nah, looking forward to chatting a bit of fantasy, mate. We're, Absolutely. Boys, we're, mate. we're very, very close, aren't we? We're creeping close to the season and, yeah, can't wait for it to get started. Yeah, it's an it's a early start this year, earlier than normal. Um, so we've got a... What is it? I think I count it as like six weeks or something like that till the start of the season, five until opening round. So it's, it's going to be on upon us very, very quickly. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be picking your brain a little bit today. We are, The purpose of these you know, interview series is that We've talked a lot of shit so far, Luke, and uh, not, you're not wrong. <laughs> and so you're not wrong. We got it. There's a lot of good content creators out there, so yep. we're going to try and reach out to some of the the best minds in the business and and get get their thoughts um, on all the um, the comings and goings in AFL fantasy landscape at the moment. So. We're going to try. I was, I was just going to say we're going to try and. Um, I might have stole your thunder here, Mitch, but we're going to try and break it down into some sort of little yeah. segments um, where we can uh, kind of pick the brains. Like I said, in the first of those segments, being we want to actually talk to each of our guests about the club that they support. And for Bales, 
That is the mighty Adelaide Crows. And I'm glad that you mentioned uh, Lady off the top, mate, because we, we yeah. have some serious questions about that Adelaide midfield mix and what's going on in there. But I thought no better place to start with Bales than Bales. Just sell us on Lady. <laughs> to sell start, us mate. Rory Just Laird. sell the community on Lady. You've got the floor. Go for gold, mate. So, okay, so here's here's how we're going to do it. Everyone's just going to pick land their side, and, that, and that's how we're going to do it. But I, to be honest, when I keep thinking about it, I keep thinking, why do I keep, keep selling people on lead? Because it should just be me owning him, and I can get the fruits of um, him going well. But we'll talk about Lady. So um, this, this, I'll talk about lead first, and then I'll go through the – actually, no, I'll talk about the midfield mix first, okay. and then that'll sort of correlate with, with lead. So – Midfield mix. I know, Luke, you you've got a lot of questions about this um, this Adelaide midfield. I know you too, um, Mitch, as well. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a preseason watch for me. I lean on the side. I think it's going to be Laird, Dawson, and Crouch. I a lot of people are Shelley, and he obviously went quite well. I think he averaged around ninety playing the midfield. I just I just don't know if I see that really eventuating to that, that heavy move. I know he wants it. I heard on the on the radio that he wants to play a bit more 50-50. But, does, so, yeah. Yeah, Laird got injured in round 19, I believe it was, against the, the Giants. Um, and Crouch came in, in round 19 against Melbourne, and he played really well. It, um, I think it was his best game for probably four or five years that I've seen of him. And then he kept his spot. And Crows, the only three games I lost in the back sort of the games when Crouch played was against Brisbane at the game by less than a goal, Melbourne at the MCG by less than a goal, and they should have won both the games if they actually kicked accurately. And then um, uh, Sydney, which the we all famous, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, a few things were thrown that night. Um, but, yeah, so Crouch played so well, I think, and then that's when, again, two-year contract. And then looking at that, I think, well, Crouch is going to – I think he's going to play midfield. I just don't see him being in the sand flag again. They wouldn't give him a two-year contract. So and I think Peddler's even ahead in the in the yeah. um, rotation the ahead cyclist. of Richelli. Yeah, the oh. cyclist. Um, Saligo as well. And I know, I know, Mitch, you were saying on um, – when you guys were talking about the Crows midfield, you were saying that you like you thought the Crows were playing better when Richelli was in there. And I <sighs> – on one hand, I agree with that because I see it with the fast football. But then on the other hand, it allows Saliga to play on a wing and play really well. It allows Rochelle, not only Luke, you were saying about how good he is forward to centre. And, and he's got that good forward crowd. He's still fairly young as well. So he's good ahead of the ball and, and Pedler can sort of mix in between. I think Crouch will start on the bench a lot of games and come onto the ground, probably in a rotation with like Laird and then Rochelle will probably go in or Pedler or whatever. So... Yeah, that's how I see it being. In terms of in terms of Rory Laird, I'll quickly go through numbers because people probably have already heard me going about this a lot of times because he's my boy. No, we um, love numbers. It is yeah. with the numbers. Keep going. Okay, so Laird last year, uh, he was the number one CBA attendee for the Crows. A lot of people said that it was Dawson, but it was in fact Laird, and, and Laird pretty much didn't miss a CBA when he was on the ground. He was always in the midfield. Yep. So his games where he went under 100. Round one, 57. Hot weather. I heard. I heard. Yeah, I heard as well that he was sick as well. That's oh, okay. From from what I heard, that, I swear I heard Jonathan Brown going. say that. And then also, I feel pretty got... sick as well if I uh, scored a fifty four <laughs> in the first game of the season. <laughs> yeah, and um, and apparently got tagged in that game as well because um, that's what Minimunk was telling me anyway. So that was reasoning for that. Um, eighty three in round three against Port Adelaide showdowns very very weird scoring against and they're just weird games Port in terms time. of scoring. Yeah. Sometimes they can be really uh, high scoring. Sometimes they're not. Um, and Drew tagged him. I expect Drew to tag Dawson, if anyone, but I don't even see Port tagging much this year, to be honest. No. Frio, 84, 
Um, Aish won't be tagging again. Um, it'll be Young, probably running with Dawson. I think he matched up really well with Dawson there. Yeah. Got a 101 against St Kilda, injured early in the th- last quarter. Could have been a 130 yes. in that one there. He's on fire. 81 against Gold Coast up in Darwin as well. Got tagged by Swallow. Swallow's yep. not going to play midfield this year. He won't get tagged. And, yeah, obviously, TIO is not a great uh, stand for scoring. 85 against North. Um, got managed in that game. And, and I, that was his one poor game. Don't think he played particularly well in that game. Then uh, Giants was on 131, got injured in the last quarter and then missed the following week. So there's upside there. And if Dawson gets some attention, if Crouch is playing in the midfield, I think that benefits um, Laird more than uh, Dawson. So that's that's my case of selling on Laird. So um, you can take it or leave it, but that's what I reckon. What I, what I think I love about what you've just gone through, um, Bowles, is the fact that we always talk about with these things that like we want to sell ourselves on a narrative. And yeah. for me, Bowles has just stepped through the, the every season. Every single game. Just going, yeah, <laughs> you good. should be writing narratives, yeah. Bowles. This is fantastic. Yeah. Like If you can look at every game and go, okay, well, I think I can explain you know, X, Y, Z, I think that's fantastic. And I tell you, Lady's snuck down to the Oxlongs recently. Hey, he's training with yeah. Mitchman too, man. Is he, really? I, he is, he is. So, I'm a big Dawson fan as well, but obviously Dawson's a little bit more expensive than yeah. Laird. Um but my, my question to you is, like, is... So you, you said that Crouch... Because I agree. I think Crouch being into the team helps Rory Laird because yep. I think that the game slows down a bit. There's probably more stoppages, which is where Laird does his best work. Um, do you think... Like, what's his ceiling in that situation? And do you think that Crouch is a guy that's going to be there for the entire season? Or is it like, uh, you know, maybe plays a block of games and then it drops out? Or, or what, what do you see that happening as, like, a entire season sort of comes to fruition. Yeah. Um, well, as a Crows fan, it's sort of, it, I think it will come down to how the Crows are going, to be honest. Um, I, I, as a supporter, I'm, I'm hopeful they make the finals. They, they played well last year. And, it, and if they're in the hunt, I think Crouch stays inside. And, and unless he's playing really poorly, which I think that he's, he's going to keep playing well because he got that continuity the back end of the year and got that confidence back. If the if shit hits the fan and Crows lose a fair few games, then I could see... Crouch potentially being dropped and then them giving Pedler, Saligo, Rochelle, these types of guys. Maybe Sam Berry comes back in the fold. Sean Burke, who knows what's going on with him as well. So maybe they give other guys a run. But, but yeah, if Crows do what they did last year and, and can stay competitive for a lot of the games and win, hopefully more than they lose, then I think Crouch is probably there for... The long haul, and, I, and you probably asked me about Dawson as well. Um, I know that you people are concerned with this whole Crouch coming in for Dawson and, and Dawson's numbers dropped off. I think it had nothing to do with Crouch, to be I honest. Agree, yeah. I think that Jaden um, put up a good stat. If, if people don't follow Jaden, um, just what are you doing? Uh, you have to. He's got the best stats around going around. Um, he said that Dawson's stoppage points didn't drop. It was his transitional points, and I think that had more to do with the fact full first season, full, full-time in the midfield, didn't actually play preseason in the midfield either. So it was just from round, I think, round three, four onwards. And I just think long season, he's a captain. He gave a lot of free kicks away as well in, that, in those last few yeah, games. Yeah, uh, four, four plus, I think, I saw. Yeah, Jake spoke to me about that on um, from Hatcher on our uh, head-to-head video as well um, about that. So I think Dawson's fine. I think that, if Mitch, you, you're keen on Dawson. I think that there's no reason to be deterred from that back yeah. end. I think he'll, he'll go back to that 110 plus and potentially be the number one scorer as, as you think he will. So. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of people could freak out when it's like the last five games that that's different to the season. And But like, if you contrast that with another player like Bont, like his first five games was just as bad as, you know, um, Dawson's final five games. It's just the fact that they're at the end of the season, not at the start. So people sort of go, yeah. oh, like that's going to be what it feels like for the rest of them. The last one Thanks I want to talk about with the, um, with the Crows there, Bales, is some people are getting really excited about Mitch Hinge. And... Um, oh, 
I, I don't know how I feel. I'm not super in that camp, but a lot of people have, you know, dropped some comments and say that Mitch Hinge is going to be sort of like the quarterback for the Adelaide after Dude um, has now left and he did have an improvement after the bye last season. What, what are your thoughts on Mitch Hinge's role and his scoring potential this season? And is he a legit option for Fantasy Classic? And would you say that his role, uh, that his points hinge on his role? I could tell you were winding up for that one. I had to get in. I was like, I'll go now. I was just, I was, I was, I'd keep, keep the jokes coming, Luke. I love them. They're great. Well, if I could yeah, butcher no, it no, anyway, I got the fucking order out. No, mate, mate, right. that's, mate, right. I knew exactly where you're going with that one, Snake. So, yeah, Mitch Hinge is very, very interesting, isn't he? Like, what I think, can't he, don't exactly remember his numbers back half the year, but he, I think he averaged, was it like mid to high, mid 90s or something or I'll low 90s? I've got it here, but yeah, keep going. I'll find it. Um, yeah, so it's, it's tough. With the Crows, because I don't know if they've necessarily got a designated kicker per se or, or quarterback type, if you like, because Mitch Hinge can be that guy that can also play as a bit of a taller player as well back there. And with, with Nick Murray not going to be ready for, for a little bit, um, obviously Dan Curtin's going to be back there. Um, I don't know if, if like Mark Keane or, or Bolace going to play, is um, Jordan Butts going to play? Um I don't know. Does Mitch Hinge have to play as the third toy? I reckon if they play Keane and Butts and then Curtin's there as well, I think Hinge could be a sneaky guy to look at. I think more draft relevant to start the year. Could right. be a guy that you maybe jump on in classic. But um, So he yeah, went, I, I've got the stats here. He went 91 after the buy um, and yeah. is coming in priced at 75.6. So this, I mean, this, yeah. if that were to be like, if he did go 91 this season and you're paying 76 for him, it's a decent pick. I don't know if it's a yeah. smash pick, but it, it's it's a decent pick. Um, yeah. I could see him going 85 um, yeah. in, in, in realistically. And, and uh, again, he's got the semi if everything went well. Dawson not taking the kick-ins now. So it sounds, it sounds to me like it's dependent on like the, the how the team structures up, like how yeah. many other um, you know key defenders they've got going on. Yeah, because there's been talk, people, like I saw someone did like a best 22 in one of the papers here and they're like, they reckon it'll be um, Dan Curtin playing as a key tool with um, Jordan Butts and there'll be no Mark Keane. But I thought Mark Keane or even Borlace were, were solid in the back half of the year and we didn't have any tall stocks. I'd play um, one of them and Butts and then play Curtin as a, as a third tour and then leave Hinge to be that rebounding halfback. But Wayne Miller is back there as well. I know he had a hamstring in, but if he's, if he's fine, then he'll be there. Brody Smith's still there, so... Yeah. There's a few mads to feed back there, and I'm not sure really any of them will be um, high-scoring, except maybe change. so we'll have to see, I reckon. Pre-season. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. To watch. Yeah, cool. Thanks for letting us pick your brains there, Bowers, because I know you, you um, would have listened to most of our Adelaide commentary is, is more questions than answers. So you've <laughs> sorted us out in that regard, mate. Now, the other, well, the next segment that we kind of want to do is a little bit of an unconventional take segment. So we want to know if there's any um, sort of popular notions or sentiments from the fantasy community that you are kind of going against this year. You know, people are getting up and there's a lot of that group think. We want to know if there's anything that you'd be yeah. pushing back on. Yeah, um, interesting because I I've learned from my previous mistakes of of starting too many pods 
Bucks and trying to go um, vanilla. I know uh, Luke, you talk about that a lot and saying just if the if the crowd's going there, it's almost safer to go there and trade off of it rather than go against it. Like um, I think it was a couple of years ago, um, I think there was a weekend like it was like would have been around seven. I think it was twenty twenty two when like Heaney and, and Parker were the two options in the forward line. I went. Um, Heaney is a bit of a pod in the ceiling plate. Everyone went Parker. Heaney failed completely, and Parker ended up being a top three four for a year. So that, yeah. that those sort of things is is there. But in terms of, I guess what I'm doing is that the crowd. I know a lot of the content creators are going against Nick Dacos. That's the one thing I've haven't looked at Dacos once in the preseason. I've been completely against starting him. I just think paying nearly a million dollars for a guy that's not only going to get a tag in, in round four with Finn McGuinness, but he's also got Sydney in there. He's got St Kilda in there. He's got Port Adelaide post by. Um, there's a few, and Brisbane the Gabba as well. So a few tougher games there. There's, again, he's, he can go big in any game. I just think that there's more chance of him dropping a, a poorish score, maybe yeah. not a 40 like he dropped against Hawthorne last year, but yeah. whether it be a 65, 75, something like that, I just see him dropping in price. Um, a, a poor score at the start of the year is um, really going to dent the opportunity for him to get away from you as well, just the way that yeah. the pricing works. So, um, yeah, like you said, any any poor score there could um, keep him within range for a, a trade yeah. target. And probably probably the other player I'm going against, a lot of people going off, and, and I know that uh, – and Luke, I know you gave you the call the credit, but I must give credit to the guy that originally gave me this. It was Mini Monk when I was chatting with him. Uh, uh, was sorry, Mini Monk. It was about the whole Sam Flanders thing. So, yes. um, okay. yeah, I, I passed on to you boys, but then uh, Mini Monk was the one that originated it. So okay. uh, shout out to Mini Monk there. But Absolutely. Flanders is a guy that – I'm potentially looking to avoid at this moment in time, just with the fact that round three by and the fact that um, I, I know that everyone would have heard um, you boys go through the, um, all the games here, but like, like every game at Heritage Bank is at night, except West Coast. He plays at Mars Stadium, Adelaide Hills, SCG, which isn't going to be easy against Sydney to score against, the Gabba, and then back-to-back games at TIO all in the first 10 weeks, including a bye. So I just I don't see the ceiling there. And, and Gold Coast is still an unknown as well. We don't know who's going to play in that midfield. Yeah. I, I expect to be Anderson, Rowell and Took be the first three, but does Buddy Humphrey get a role in there? Does, do they keep going back with David Swallow? I, I, I wouldn't imagine that they do, and, and I think Gold Coast fans probably think that they've got to move past David Swallow. But yeah. a few moving pieces there. I'd prefer to see Flanders for three games, including the opening round, and, and then maybe potentially jump on him if, say, Colin McDonald or, or Zach Fisher or someone fails in the first three weeks and you can jump uh, to Flanders then. Yeah, yeah uh, I agree with a lot of what, of what you said there. Um, we're going to move on to this next segment here, which is uh, just a couple of relevant points or what we might call hot topics. <laughs> Hansel. It's so hot right now. Hansel. So hot right now. The Zoolander uh, shout out. So hot so right now. So some hot topics here. And, and the, the two main hot topics, which are, you know, driving AFL fantasy coaches crazy. Oof. The first of which is the mess that is the forward line. Um, so I want to throw it over to you, uh, Bales. Like, obviously, even given recent news of McRae's hamstring awareness or strain or whatever we want to call awareness it these days. Awareness is worse than a strain. Um, and we've got Zach Fisher's done his hammy. Um, we've got a, a bunch of question marks in the forward line. What, what's, in general, your approach to the forward line this year? Are you going cheap? Are you trying to stay away from the early round buy players? Or is this a line where you don't mind having a few of those early buy guys? What's your general thoughts on the forward line and your approach so far? 
Um, my thought process, uh, one of you boys want to press the crickets <laughs> on the soundboard. So, so not much thoughts. <laughs> no, no, it's just, it's, it's, it's really just a, oh man, it's, it's, it's just a crap heat, that's for sure. Just yep. as, You can swear on this like, show. Like, fairies, I, I, know, I know, but, I know, but uh, oh man, it's just, it's like, it's funny, last year there was like people playing midfielders, sorry, forwards in their midfield last year because yeah, we yeah. had so many. We had like Taranto, Dunkley, Butters, Rosie. Like there were so many of these guys that we had um, at our disposal and now and Taranto, Gordon as well, so you can't forget those two. But like, and now they're all midfielders. So it really, and like when you go through the names, McRae, as you said, hamstring. Like I'm not really confident, but again, Luke, as Luke says, maybe just to go with the crowd with this one because a lot of people are going in. Flanders, I'm not keen on. I was keen on Dylan Moore, but Sort of, and I thought with Nick Watson and Jack um, Ginnivan coming in, I thought maybe Nick uh, Dylan Moore goes up onto uh, like a wing potential on ball, but he probably stays forward, and that means guys like Conor McDonald and that get uh, more midfield. So I'm probably not going to be going him. Dusty, if he didn't have a buy, could potentially be a guy that we look at. Apparently, you guys are saying he's hitting PBs and stuff in training. So yeah, yeah PBs um, in the gym, uh, and he's uh, playing more midfield and something about it or whatever. So. He could be a guy that um, we, we potentially uh, would look at if he didn't have a buy. Um, Caleb Daniel, not with small potato when he's playing at Mars Day and then and just I can't do it. Um, and then you're going down to guys like Taylor Adams. We don't know what his role is going to be. We're going to have a, a look at him in, in round zero. And, and I don't know if this video will air before uh, I have a Harmy on uh, the head Ted series. We're talking about Adams and we just, we just can't see him not playing midfield. So I'm... Fairly confident he plays midfield, but again, we need to see it first. Zach Fisher, we don't like it, like hamstring injuries. Rochelle, we don't know the role. McDonald, we want we don't know the role. Like, there's, there's so many question marks. There's not really anyone except probably Harley Reid's probably the only one we're really confident in. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, so, and when a, a first year rookie is yeah. the one that we're going to hang our literal AFL fantasy hats on, yeah. uh, that's, uh, that's so. Could concern. you could you almost like go with the theory of like? Just delete your forward line. Leave it deleted until you, you until we see practice games. Well, yeah. yeah don't even bother speculating. Just delete well, it and wait. Well, you were asking Warney if he can if he can put the utility round so you can have your turn. Okay, why don't we take three of the forward line spots, put it in two of them into our ruck so we can pick Cherry and <laughs> one of the go. big boys, and like we go that. get like a midfield, like a George Ward or something yeah. in the midfield. That way, that would work. But that's out of the box thinking, yeah. mate. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So I think it. I think that is the general sentiment of like it's going to be a huge wait and see, and uh, of all the lines, that one's going to be changing the most. I think in a lot of people's teams. The the second hot topic is the the early box. And it is he's kind of drummed into death a little bit at the moment with the, the the content out there. But it is obviously it's brand new this season, um, at least the way it's being done. Like, what's your approach to the early buyers? A lot of the general popular sentiment is no premiums um, that you want to start with the early buys, um, but the mid prices and rookies are okay. Do you agree with that sentiment, or is there something else or another wrinkle you want to throw out there in terms of how you're thinking about approaching the early buyers this season? Yeah, um, I'm I'm trying to avoid mo- uh, pretty much most premiums. Um, anyone over 750k, I'm I'm not really looking at. Like I know a lot of people looking at Walsh, and and I heard the traders talking about it on their pod. And and as Roy was saying, you really need him to go like 125 or or so or more to really look at him. And even then, it's like could you just get him in round three anyway? Guys like Gordon and Tom Green would probably be picked in my side if it wasn't for the opening round buy, just too fully priced. So I'm avoiding all these guys. Guys like Flanders. Flanders has still been in and around the training with uh with with Bales' squad. Um, but I'm just I'm a bit torn, uh, like sort of um, 
um, not really looking at him with that with that run. And, and a guy like Lockie Whitfield, I know that you've you've mentioned him a bit, uh, Mitch. I've, I've looked at him, but even looking at him, I know he's got the good run, but still ran three missing. I'm just yeah. like if he had ran six, I think it'd be I'd, I'd be picking him. But the one guy, I guess that um, another guy that jumped on a head tattoo is MJ. Um, actually uh, uh, said, and this guy has come into calculation for me. So Jaden Short. Um, oh, obviously okay. for your Richmond footy club. And yeah. and as MJ was was talking about um, with Short is that there's a play where you, you start him and he's got the round six by. So either one or two things can happen. Either one, he's going to average low 90s, um, high 80s, and you're just going to go, not a good pick. You train at round six, who comes off by in round five? Nick Dacos. So you just make that switch there. Yeah, okay. If he goes wrong and is averaging 105, like he was uh, in that sort of the start of the year thing was a couple of years ago until he got switched to midfield, then you hold him because he's going to be a top couple of defenders. So something yeah, like that would yeah. would be, potentially interest me. But even even still, I'm probably leaning more towards picking guys that are playing all the way through. So, yeah. Um, but mid-prices and rookies, though, I think, um, as t- even Tim was saying to me, mid- it's almost better the mid-prices have the buy um, early because they can get that double um, price rise post-round yes. one and some of the rookies. So, um, yeah, I think five that, and sixes, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This will lead us into our, our new segment here, which yeah. uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about. And uh be good. We're going to talk about opening rounds because we've all talked about like setting a line and yeah. uh, and okay if this player scores this much or has this role that's what's going to be okay we're going to pick him or we're going to not and yeah. uh, we're going to put put that that theory to the test put yeah. you under the spotlight here Bales and yeah. uh, throw a couple of popular early uh, buy players and uh, these hypothetical situations yeah in, in round so zero. so we'll throw you a player. Uh, an imaginary uh, points that they score in round zero and then a, a sort of potential role uh, as well. And you're either going to let us know whether you're picking that player based on those numbers or whether you are going to continue or still fade that player. So yeah. we want to go one for one? Yeah, yeah, let's go one for one. We'll start with the the big dog in there. I still think is very high up there in the ownership. Nick Dacos. So Nick Dacos comes out round zero. He scores a 130. He's 70% in the CBA. He's basically a pure inside midfielder. Um, are you picking him in that situation? No. Oh, strong on Dacos. Bang, no. Bag. Okay, no Dacos. People that close to me know that I, in past years, I've asked 50,000 people, what should I do for my trades? What should I do here? I don't bat my own thought. So, like, um, this year... New new strategy. I've got a wow, back my okay. own thing. I've been I've been pretty staunch on not starting um, Dacos. And I think he could even go one fifty, and I, I probably wouldn't. I, I'd be trust me. He'd probably come in for a little bit, and but then probably go back out. <laughs> Lurking in like, the change rooms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't think I could start him. I just yeah, it's too many too many things that that's good, could go wrong. All right. right, good start. Good that's, start. That's still, like, he's still, he's still, he's still he's still a great player though. So hey, we're going to want him at some point, and it's going to be awful if he goes and gets a 150 in the first few rounds. Like I know he probably will like last year and, and Luke, I know it killed you as well, mate. So The the point Bale's made I think is actually underrated and the the ability to take in all the information from all the different podcasts but then at the end of the day back yourself back, back your thoughts I yeah. think is good because at least then you can live with it do you know what yeah, I mean yeah, at yeah, least yeah. like if you if you listen to someone, someone says oh do this and you do it and they, they fuck you up that's yeah. a little bit inconvenient but I, I like that point you make Baz I like that point I'm going to stop listening to Mitch <laughs> <laughs> okay Kitty Coleman comes out in opening round and gives you an 85 and 40% kick-ins what are you doing there it's a hard one, Kitty Coleman. Um, I just – I don't know if I'm really interested either in Kitty Coleman. I just think that – I know, Luke, you yeah. made this point during the, your mid-prices episode that 
He, he only went over 90, was it, twice last year. And yeah. he, he had a massive first half against Collingwood, but then didn't really do much in the second half. And I, 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 I like Kitty Coleman to what uh, your boy Hayden Young has been in the past. Hopefully he's not this, uh, this year, but he's very much a team-first player. He does the yeah. hard stuff. He can get some tackles. And I think that he's not a guy that... Some games he'll try and get all the plus six in the world, but then there'll be other games where he's playing a more accountable sort of like not accountable role, but more accountable throughout the day, not really worried about getting yeah. the ball. And and Darcy Wilmot will go and get um, some of it, or Harris Andrews will take fifteen marks or whatever. Some I probably will be steering clear of Kitty Coleman, but hey, if you put up a hundred or something, like a bit more than eighty-five, then that would certainly get me interested. Yeah, I think we all know he's he's got all the capability in the world. It's just whether. Week to week, he yeah. I think wants I think the done. the Brisbane system as well. Like they play on the smaller Gabba ground. Like mm. they don't chip it around quite as much over there. I think um, it is. We haven't seen like a big halfback scoring type from them really. So yeah. I, I'm agreeing it's in there. Okay, second player in the defender line of that sort of mid price variety, Zach Williams. He comes out. He doesn't have a single kick in, no kick ins, and he scores a seventy eight. What are you doing with Zach Williams if he scores a seventy eight in opening round with zero kick ins? Um, if he's got that half bat roster, I'm still picking him. Still I picking think. him. Okay. Um, um, again, another. I forgot to keep uh, mentioning these head head viewers because we talked about so many of these players in the head head viewers. I had Louis on, um, and, and that hasn't been released yet. That'll be released um, soon. Uh, we chatted him and he Chapman, and I just said to Louis, I said I could just imagine a world where. If, if Williams didn't take the kick-ins, Newman's kicking it and it's going short to Zach Williams in the pocket and yeah. Williams is kicking it 50 metres down the yeah. line or, or hitting up another target. I just, I still think Williams is going to have that role. I think Doherty's going to play more on a wing slash midfield and I think Williams, he's, he's too cheap to ignore. I think the role is the most important thing with him. I think I'd still pick him if he got a 65, if he's got that role, to be honest, because Brisbane, the, I think they're playing the Gabba, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, um, first game, yes. Yeah, around yeah, zero, so, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, t- so tough game. If, if he can has the role and, and scores decently enough, then I think I'll still pick him. All right, let's head over to GWS. And Tommy Green's coming out. He gives us a 130 and 85%. I think the 85% CBAs for Tom Green is safe. I mean, that's you, pretty safe, yeah. It gives you a 130 in opening round. Tommy Green, what are you doing? Love to start him, but I can't. Not with that round three buy. Round yep. six buy, and if, again, like Whitfield, if you had that round six buy and had North Melbourne, West Coast, and St Kilda and Gold Coast, yeah. I'd, I'd be heavily considering it. But with that reckon, with that mind round three, I just can't. Not, not What was he? Is he just under a million? He's like 998 yeah, or something? Uh, very close. So 130 yeah, yeah. and then going into yeah, West reckon, Coast, North Melbourne, and then flip him to Sam Walsh. Is that where your head's going? No, now, I was just saying or? that, like, I, I think I would agree with Bales, but okay. I do think that if he comes out and opening round scores a 130, I think a lot of people will start him. Yeah, because yeah. People will see that big score. They'll see the the young up and coming mid. They'll see the the Juicy West matchups. Coast, the North Melbourne. I reckon people will flock to that. Um, so, yeah, well, interesting. He's, he's already in twenty one point three seven percent of uh, teams as of like time recording. So it's 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 a lot, and a lot of people are going to go. But I'm I'm a lot more keen on a guy that's two k more, two uh, k less. Sorry. You know, Andy Brayshaw. Um, I, I think he'll be the number one scorer this year. That's my sort of hot take. Um, nice. You won't okay. have to sell Mitch on that one. All aboard the Brayshaw. Uh, let's go to yeah. another midfielder, another popular midfielder with the early buy round. Sam Walsh, he comes out and he scores 120 in opening round at 65% CBAs. What are you doing with Sam Walsh, who obviously is priced cheaper than uh, a Tom Green? 120 he scores in that opening round. Are you, are you selecting him on the back of that? That's the toughest one you've given me. If he, if he was to get 65% CBAs and score a 120 against Brisbane at the Gabba, 
that would that would seriously make me consider him um, and putting him in the side like that. That something like that would. Um, if he just went anything less than a one twenty, I probably wouldn't look at it. But if he gets one twenty with that sixty five percent CBAs, and if all the Carlton mids are playing as well, if it's not like someone missing, that would certainly put him in consideration for me. Okay, yeah. So I've, with these lines, I've tried to pick like the most awkward yeah. and the most like difficult of yeah. decisions. So uh, I reckon it, that, that, one, that one's that, that one's tells one so far. I, I, okay. I, I probably still wouldn't pick him, but hey, that would get me really, really keen. Well, I mean, he, he did what he did a hundred plus in the, the finals, didn't he? One I think of, all I mean, of it wasn't them. huge, but he did one hundred five, and and that was yep. at the Gabba as well. Yeah, yeah, would have been. had a home. Yeah, would have been, yeah. been at the Gabba. Yeah, so I mean, he's done it before. Do it straight again. Okay, he's putting yeah. in a tough spot. Let's have a look at the next one. We've got Big M Gorn. Just gives you a flat hundred on that eighty percent CBA. So he's got the the sole ruck roll. What are we doing with Maxi Gorn? The flat hundred in opening round. Um, if he's got that number one ruck roll. Oh, no, just yeah, sorry, not number no, but like that solo solo right, like eighty yes. percent DBAs. Yeah. Yeah. I actually put him in my team this morning. I I um I, again listening to you boys uh, this morning. Uh, who'd you take was, out? I'm more interested to know about who came out to put him in. Was it X area? Was it Grundy? Who who made way? Um, it was the uh, uh, I got off XI and I took the took the okay. one okay. flight back. Okay. But there, but, there, but there's I, I just. I, He's not going to be training for four, like four weeks. I know that he's going to be running and stuff, but is it like, I don't like picking players that have had setbacks. And that's why even like Fisher went out this morning for me just with a few things. But, hey, Fisher's still there. but And Cherry's still there as well. But Gorn, Gorn can go 105, 110, mm-hmm. like Mitch, I know you said that. So mm-hmm. but, you know, I'm, I'm keen on him. So if he's got that 80% CBA role, clear number one ruck, I'd, I'd, be, I'd still be keen regardless. Yeah. Hundred, hundreds enough. All right. I go to his uh, ex-teammate in Brody Grundy. Everyone's very hot on him. I think he is yeah. the most popular premium at the moment. Uh, he comes out. He has the eighty percent CBA. He's, he's dominating in the in the in the ruck contest, but he scores an eighty-two. So probably not as big as people want to. Eighty-two with 80 percent CBAs. What are you doing with Brody Grundy in that situation? That would be against yeah. Melbourne and Max too. Would it be against, against yeah. obviously against yeah. Max Gorn. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I'd be picking him if he if he had the eighty. It's again all about the role. He's got Max Gorn, so if he puts up a, a sort of a lower score, then I, I can live with that. If he's got that role, then yeah, yeah I'm picking him. Surely there's that's it, hey. And surely there's going to be a little bit of fuck you in that ground zero game too. Yeah, it's yeah, be yeah. A little bit yeah. of, but if a little bit of fuck you results in an eighty two, you know, like well, maybe maybe if he doesn't want to, yeah. I think um, from memory, I think I think from memory, he's actually got another chip on his shoulder in round one because I believe he comes up against Collingwood. If I'm not mistaken, yes. so, yeah, shit. So, How about that, they've done that on purpose, that, surely. Like and, that, and that's that's and that's an easier matchup, I think, for him against uh, Darcy Karen and Mason Cox. So yeah, yeah if, if he if he has a sort of a lower game round one. And Gorn lowers his colours a little bit. I could imagine Grundy's going to come out and, and even be more, even more fired up if he's not already. Yeah, great call, great call. Let's have a look at just a couple more. Sammy Flanders. I think we might know your thoughts here, but if Flanders came out and gave us a hundred, but with fifty percent CBAs in round zero, would that sway you? It make me thinking. It would depend on McRae. I think I'm, I've got to start one of McRae or Flanders. I, if I don't start one of them, it's, I don't know if I can go into a season with no forward premiums at all. I don't know if I could have Taylor Adams at F1. So he'd be in the mix. But if McRae's sort of still there, I'd, I'd probably lean towards going away from him. But, hey, if he got 150 cent CBAs, it's still a pretty good pick even with the buy. Yeah, I think I think the fifty percent CBAs would be the bigger thing for me there. Yeah. Like if he's if he's genuinely in like that, you know, that third or fourth yeah. 
midfield rotation because at the back end of last year he did it in like 30% CBAs mm. like his scoring was there so um, yeah. I think that's the, the biggest key for me there and then the last one is that Taylor Adams pick he comes out he's he scores a 95 but his CBAs are at 50% um, so maybe not as high as some people would have wanted the 95 I think you'd be pretty happy with but 50% CBAs Taylor Adams what are you doing in that situation? Um, if one of if a couple of these other guys like a, um, a Billings or a Jordan and and a few of those guys um, go well and even a Cam McKenzie or Conor McDonald and all those guys go well, I would be um, probably moving him out. To be honest, uh, okay. I need to see that. I need to see that seventy percent plus CBA role from Adams to to be confident. Sixty five would be the lowest I'd I'd look at for for CBAs. It'd have to be more. So sixty four, no dice. No, no <laughs> dice. No, no, no deal. No, he's, he's, go, he's, he's not going in. So. That's the worst when you get yeah, like it's within like, one or two. You of, say a line, and then they get like one or two percent lower. Okay, I'll, I'll just, just lower it down. <laughs> I said sixty three. Like, right? It's like that uh, Doherty VC last year, where that it was the one hundred and seven, and it was yeah. a late adjustment to um, the one hundred and ten, and then it was like, everyone took it. Yeah, let's yeah. go. No, fun, no funny story about that one. Actually, that was round one last year, yeah. and a Doherty VC on the on the Thursday night, and I was like, no, nah, one seven not taking it and I saw one ten I'm like yep taking it you're guilty and luckily I luckily I did because you know who my captain was it was Rory Laird wasn't it oh mate great call great call oh that late adjustment saved you a lot of points yeah All right, mate. We don't want to take up too much of your time we've got a couple more little bits and pieces to go through if you're happy to um Locks and watches. Just rattle off a couple of players that haven't left your squad so far this preseason. Let's exclude rookies. Let's let's Sorry, talk yeah, about like call. you know McCurchie. Obviously, everyone's got Harley Reid and all this sort of stuff. But players outside yeah. of rookies, yeah. who has not left your side this so far the preseason? Yeah, so I'll, I'll get this out of the way quickly. Rory Laird hasn't left so far this preseason. I, to be honest, I actually put him. Uh, like I put it. It was a funny thing. I put him up on the like Twitter. Just said, look, oh, no one should be surprised who my first big player is. Honestly, didn't think I'd be having him in my team this year. But the more I've heard, like I've heard Stato talk him, I've heard uh, a lot of people talk him up, and that sort of made me more confident. But he hasn't left. A few other players that haven't left uh, so far in the preseason. Hayden Young has been pretty set in there. Um, when I was looking at it, when I put a few players in, he wasn't a ri- one of my first picked. But just here in the midfield time, he's, he's been there pretty much from from the get go. Andrew Brayshaw's been there pretty much from the okay. get go as well. I'm, I'm pretty nice. pretty keen on him. Uh, your boy, the man of steel, Luke. Uh, he's been there um, pretty much from day dot. I just can't see where where he goes under 105. Yep. LDU's been there um, for, for pretty much the whole preseason as well. Um, he's the guy I'm not as confident we'd steal, just with the being burnt before. I, I didn't get burnt anywhere near as bad as what other people did last year, but I have had him when he has had some poor scores or, or get injured. So, yeah, but he's, he's there. Grundy's been there the whole time. Um, Adams has been there the whole time, just um, seeing how he's going in a – that's pretty much it. I've, I've, I've changed a few players around and um, a few players have, have been there for a lot of pre-season, like Tom Stewart, for example, but um, he sort of has changed with, with Gavin, um, Tim's mate. Uh, there's been a few players go through there. And, um, yeah, so they're the few players I've had locked in, obviously, besides uh, those obvious rookies like your McCurches and Reeds. Yep. Um, what are some... What are some- players or teams or roles specifically that you're looking for most closely in the preseason? Is there a particular rotation in the midfield that you're watching more closely than others or, or anything that you've got your eye on uh, specifically over the next few weeks? Yeah, so the, obviously the Crows, um, obviously the midfield mix is, is the one. But I think that the most intriguing midfield mix actually is Hawthorne. Um, I agree. I think that there's there's all these guys that, that you, could, you could pick. You've got 
Conor McDonald, who is was I think uh, someone said to me he's the second highest averaging player in the under-18s by Nick Dacos, so he's got that scoring pedigree there. You've got Josh Ward. Is he finally going to get that midfield time? What's going to happen with your mate Warple, Mitch? Um, is he going to play in the midfield? Cam McKenzie is really cheap. Does, does he look really good at the start of last year and in the preseason? Does does he get more of a go in there? So and then and yeah, and how does that sort of the fine effect go for like guys like Carl Amon, for example? Does he end up staying back? So that's probably the mix there. And then obviously just the guys we're looking at like in the opening round, like yeah, your James Jordan, your Jack Billings, your, your Taylor Adams, Brody Grundy, Max Gorn, all these guys in the opening round, sort of just seeing their roles and everything. And and yeah, so there's a lot of players to to watch over these preseason games. I've got to make sure I've got to watch all of them. So yeah, when you're watching a footy, but hey. We're not complaining when we watch footy. Absolutely, mate. We are like We're looking out the weekends. Yeah. <laughs> we like, are yeah, looking out chops. Absolutely. All right. So this last segment, we're going to go through some rapid questions. And, and I don't want you sitting on no fences. We, we're anti-fence sitting here at the Ball Boys. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're going to throw some questions at you. Um, quick fire. First thing that pops into your head, give it to us. And then we'll move on to the next one. Okay. So gut. Yeah. Do you instinct. want to go one for one? Yeah, we'll go one for one. Okay. You start with the first okay. one and then, then I'll go from here. Okay. First, first thing that pops in your head, Bows. Highest averaging player this year? Andrew Rochel. Nice. Biggest improvement from last year? Mm, that's a tough one. Brody Grundy, I reckon. Very I just nice. the first one. The first one that popped in my head, he's so cheap that... Yeah, that's gonna... a good call. Yep. Great call. Who's, who's winning the flag? <laughs> he's going to say Yeah. Um, who... Hmm... Colin, we go back to back. I've just, uh, I've, I've heard a few. Carlton, Carlton, I've heard okay, Carlton, Carlton, lock the, it the, in. The, 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 the blue, the blue bag army have been, have been. I've been hearing them all the way from Adelaide, <laughs> from from Melbourne, and and I'm sort of starting to sort of come around to the fact that they've got, they've got the team. It's 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 time that they they make the grand final. So yeah, maybe Carlton. Okay, yeah. Blues, you locked heard in. Heard it here first, guys. Uh, who's the wooden spoon this year? Don't say Richmond. I think West Coast. West unfortunately. Coast, unfortunately. Cool. Would you rather? Win a hat or your team win a premiership? Team win the premiership, I think. Yeah. Right, for me, I would love a hat and I'm I'm still spewing. I didn't get an AFLW fantasy hat after plenty of things went, didn't go my way in the back half of the year. But Ivanson, well, I was born in 98 and that was when Lacroix last won the flag. Obviously, you're... Bloody mob, um, <laughs> bloody! Uh, I'm convinced if that game wasn't at MCG, uh, Adelaide would have won. But hey, that's not that doesn't matter. That's right. Keep, keep telling yourself that, mate. It's all right. <laughs> have, have a sleep at night. It's all right. Uh, <laughs> tomato sauce. Big question here. Tomato sauce, fridge or cupboard? Fridge. It's the right answer. <laughs> yeah, fridge. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Toilet paper over or under? Over. Yeah, that's right. And, right. And, 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 and it pisses me off when people don't put the toilet roll actually <laughs> on the roller. Goes my head in. Where do people put it? Surely. No, no, they, no. As in, like, the, so the roller's there, and then they'll put the toilet roll just lying on top. Sister used oh, to all the time. Chaos. And she moved out with a boyfriend, so I'm just like, good, oh, the toilet, okay. toilet roll actually on the. On the, on the Absolute anarchy. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Favourite baller boy, Mitchell Luke? You're not doing that to me. You just, to just me. say you can't, <laughs> you, can't, you can't hurt Mitch's feelings. Just say, mate. Okay, pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? No. 
No, okay. I'll, uh, no, okay, so I'll <laughs> say no, but I'll say I'll eat it if it's there. But if someone says to me, like, do what do you want? I'll go something else just because I've got a Greek friend, an Italian friend, and they're completely against it. So, um, oh, yeah. okay. I'll say no to, to sort of to, uh, to please them. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Last question, very uh, one you might have to point it with. Does a straw have two holes or one? <laughs> 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 What's like expecting that question? Does straw have two holes or one? Think about it, mate. This, this, is, this is the it's big got question. One. one, one hole. Yeah, it goes straight through. Oh, two, two holes, mate. It's got two holes. But the hole. But like, it goes let's say I. It just. Let's say I tunneled out of a prison. You've I, got to make two holes. One, no, I dig one hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, I dig yeah. one hole. Oh, no, no. Okay, we'll leave, it, we'll leave it for the audience to ponder that one. We'll leave the audience to ponder that one. Bale says one, I say two. But that'll do it for us today, guys. Thanks for being a great sport, Bales. Uh, let, yeah. us, uh, let us know what you've got going on over at your YouTube channel and at the, uh, the, uh, the Content Creators Cup. Is that, is that returning again for this season? And, and what do you guys got on over at the Fanatics as well uh, for 2024? Yeah, so uh, plenty of plenty of stuff going on. So I'll, I'll go through you sort of the order. So obviously you can find me at BalsDT on um, on Twitter and uh, Instagram. And uh, yeah, Trudy Bales HD on YouTube. Got the Head Ted series going. Obviously had Bushy Boys um, on, which is uh, always appreciate you guys uh, jumping on for a chat. Always good to chat fancy with you boys. Uh, got plenty of other guests uh, to come as well. So keep uh, an eye on for that. There'll be about 20 episodes or so. We're about halfway through. Um, and then, yeah, me and Tim will, will get back behind the mic. So I've, I've been onto him and said, mate, we've got to get going. We've got to get start going. And, uh, yeah, Tim's done his research and we're, we're, we're nearly ready to roll. So that'll be coming. And, uh, yes, the Content Creators Cup will be coming back. Um, I'll leave Tim, <laughs> I'll leave Tim uh, to, to say who's been uh, kicked out and uh, who's, uh, who's, who's coming. Um, but, uh, obviously, um, <laughs> mate, I'm going to defend my crown. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, obviously, the one that Tim did announce is obviously Harmy's in, which is good. So, yep. um, obviously, uh, from the pod pods, he'll be in. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, it will be me and Luke on top this year because we had a br- rough years last year. So, Correct, mate. Correct. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it'll be tough. Uh, so, it's it's good fun league. And and, all go, and the, I think the thing we got to remember as well is it's obviously Tim's running this and it goes towards a great cause as well. Obviously, the winner, um, uh, I don't know exactly. It was like five grand the favourite charity last yes, year. So, yes. if, is that where that's the same this year? I don't know. But... Um, I'm sure Tim will announce that on one of our first pods. So, yeah, uh, get around that. That's always uh, good fun. And hopefully it will be um, Bales the boss, no Bales the buyer this year. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, mate. I'm looking forward nice. to it. And, uh, yeah, do make sure you check out Truly Bales HD on YouTube. Uh, we are looking for 2,000 subscribers, as I'm sure Bales is as well. So subscribe to both channels. Give this video a big thumbs up. And we will see you guys next time where we're going to have some more Awesome guests on and uh, lots more to talk about. Until then, guys, see you later. Bye. See ya.